Coming to you from behind the craziest socialist lines of the Pacific Northwest, local and national news talk and opinions, this is the Behind the Line podcast. Some breaking news out of Washington this morning. A Department of Corrections officer who was shot in Shelton earlier this month has been arrested for allegedly planning the shooting. This comes from King 5. The community corrections officer and his sister were arrested Thursday in connection to the alleged plot. The arrests stem from an October 7th shooting where the 39-year-old officer called 911 at about 6.15 a.m. to report he had been shot by an unknown shooter. It sparked a search for a potentially armed and dangerous person in downtown Shelton. As police investigated, Shelton Police Department officers noticed inconsistencies in the shooting victim's statement according to probable cause documents. During an October 14th interview, police said the community corrections officer admitted that he asked his sister to shoot him. In a subsequent interview, the sister confirmed her brother's request and said he gave her a gun the day before the shooting. She told police she initially refused, but her brother kept asking, so she agreed, according to probable cause documents. Police found the gun and shell casings in her home during a search. The Department of Corrections said it would not comment on a current investigation. The pair were booked in Mason County Jail for conspiracy to commit assault in the first degree, conspiracy to commit a drive-by shooting, assault in the first degree, and other charges. The suspects are expected to appear in court Friday. That is an interesting way to get out of work. And more breaking news from Washington. Uh, Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson tweeted this morning that his legal team went to federal court to defend the governor's vaccine mandate to ensure a safe and healthy work environment for state employees, including those living with young children and vulnerable parents. We won, he says. So the My Body, My Choice Attorney General, who was so quick to go after Texas, is not defending my body, my choice, when it comes to your decision to have the government tell you what to inject in your body. This state and its government representatives are communist. And if you look up the definition of communism, it says communism derives from the French Communisme, which developed out of the Latin roots communis and the suffix ismi. Semantically, communist can be translated to of or for the community, while ismi is a suffix that indicates the abstraction into a state, condition, action, or doctrine. Communism may be interpreted as the state of being of or for the community. And that's all these people talk about, what is good for the group. Doesn't matter what you feel is good for you. It's what's good for the group, what's good for the community. Governor Inslee gave an update yesterday to the state vaccine mandate for state employees. I'm going to play the speech if you haven't heard it after I'm done talking about this for a second, but I don't think I've ever heard a more arrogant politician speaking. 
And when he talked about people who didn't want to get vaccinated or would refuse, he basically said, good luck. Uh, you know, he thanked them for their service, but good luck. Wish you well. A lot of these people are people who have worked for the state for years and years, decades even. You're just going to kick them to the curb now, even though they worked throughout the pandemic already without vaccines, and somehow that was okay. But as of Monday, they'll be dangerous and can't be around people. Even though vaccines do not eradicate the virus, they lessen the effects of the virus. Uh, he's not willing to allow weekly testing as an option, even though the federal government is even willing to do that. Uh, they say that's not a viable option um, because you you would still carry the, the virus when you come to work if you you know, got it before you get tested or whatever, not knowing. What is the difference if you're vaccinated and not testing? You can still carry the virus and spread the virus. And if you're not testing, then you won't even know. You won't even know to stay home. So it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated. They also won't look at natural antibodies, even though other countries are doing this, allowing people who have had COVID and recovered to put that on their vaccine passport. Italy just implemented one of the most strict vaccine passport requirements in the world. You have to have a vaccine passport to go to work at any job in Italy. But if you've had COVID and recovered, that those natural antibodies count, and you can put that on your vaccine passport and continue to go to work, continue to go to restaurants and whatever. Why in America are we ignoring this? On the CDC's own website, it says if you've had other diseases and recovered, you do not need to get the vaccine for those diseases because natural antibodies are good enough. But for some reason, some magical reason for COVID, that doesn't fly. Inslee also implemented some new rules about outdoor large events throughout the state, uh, which you can hear in his speech. He was practically salivating at the mouth when he was talking about how he's going to continue to do things, that the numbers for vaccine compliance were still not high enough, and that he would do everything he can to continue to raise that number. And you know schools are going to be the next target. And luckily in Washington, it's got to go through quite a process to have a vaccine requirement for school kids, so it may be some time. But this is coming. I guarantee you they want those kids vaccinated because he went on about how that's a large section of the population still mostly unvaccinated and parents need to take care of it. Los Angeles School District has already made this requirement for all public schools. Uh, and I guarantee you Inslee will want to follow suit with what California is doing. Anyway, if you haven't heard this speech, have a listen. This guy is a sociopathic narcissist. How are we doing there? Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. We have some really great news today. I can announce that our state has been remarkably successful in increasing the vaccination rate for state workers. And nothing could give me more delight 
the knowing that our state employees have stepped up to the plate and have become vaccinated, which protects themselves, their families, and importantly, the public to battle this uh, horrendous pandemic. As you know, our progress has been very significant. When we started this effort, we were at 48% vaccinated in state employment. Today, we are over 90%. We are over 90% of total state employees have become vaccinated. And if you add those who have had an exemption uh, but and have been accommodated, we are, I believe, uh, 91.7, if I can see our, our graph here, Josie, I hope you're putting up here so people can see it. We started at 48, 49.1% on September 6th. We went up to 68% on uh, September 20th. We now are 91.87% as of October 4th. That number actually has gone up since then and has continued to go up every single day. This is extremely gratifying. It is gratifying because we now know there will not be a mass exodus of state employees and we will be able to continue essential state services for the people of the state of Washington. The verification deadline for employment is approaching Monday. That deadline will not be extended. People have had 10 weeks to get vaccinated. We've had plenty of opportunity and access to the vaccinations and people now need to make a choice. So more than nine out of 10 state employees have been vaccinated. As of Monday, we'll report additional numbers and that will increase. We also believe there are quite a number of employees who have been vaccinated, but have not yet uh, returned their status to the agencies involved. Now, we have been successful in this effort because in Washington, we have state employees who are committed to public service and who've made a decision to keep the public safe, to try to prevent increasing rates of infection. They care about the people they serve as well as their own selves and their families. We know the pandemic has thrown challenge after challenge against these state employees, and we appreciate their work. Uh, some individuals who choose to walk away from their state employment, we want them to know that we have appreciated their service to date, and we wish them well. But I want to express my total appreciation of those state employees who have answered this public call and have made a decision to protect the citizens they serve. We are deeply grateful that for that decision. And frequently for those folks, that has not been an easy decision. I've talked to our agency about these numbers. It's gonna allow us to continue our essential services. We're gonna keep operating just fine, in part because of the dedication of our state employees. There might be some operational changes in agencies but they have, uh, have provided a way to do that. We are capable of handing those changes because we have had so many employees step up to the plate in the last few weeks. So I'm optimistic um, also that these numbers will continue to grow even after October 18th, because I believe there will be those who will make a decision 
after October 18th to return to their jobs if those jobs have not yet been filled. We hope that that will be the case because we value everyone's service and we would like everyone to stay in public service with the state of Washington. Now, I have an announcement today regarding our continued efforts to fight this continuing pandemic. I am thrilled about the vaccination rates of our state employees, but we know we have to continue and to continue to accelerate our efforts against this deadly disease. Statewide, over 70% of Washington's over 12 have been vaccinated. But we've got to continue to increase that vaccination rate. There are still 1.6 million Washingtonians 12 and up who have not started their vaccination and more children below the age of 12. Now, we know that our cases as a percentage of the population uh, happily have been going down. They have been showing some decline. But we know they can come right back up. So it is especially important to increase our vaccination rate for our children to allow them to stay in school. We're very happy our kids are back in school, but we will not allow another wave to, to shut down our schools or our businesses. So we are committed to continuing these diligent efforts. If we can look at the uh, epi curve, there's a pretty obvious reason why increased efforts are necessary. There's a pretty obvious reason why the status quo is not good enough. And there's a pretty obvious reason of how important this issue is to Washingtonians. We have lost over 8,000 Washingtonians to this dread disease. And what we know about it is you can knock it down, but it gets back up. If you look our, at our epi curve starting in April 2020, we had a sharp curve. We were thrilled when it came down. If you go to July 2020, it came back. And we were thrilled when those numbers came down. But again, in, in between October and January 2021, it came back. And we were thrilled when they started to come down in late January. But then in July, we've got this precipitous rise again. We cannot and we will not surrender to this disease. We cannot and we will not think that the status quo is good enough. We have got to get on top of this disease and knock these numbers down. And fortunately, and it is our good fortune, we have a tremendous weapon to do that with, and that is this vaccine. And we intend to continue to deploy that, that weapon against this disease by taking measures that we know that work, and that is to get more people vaccinated. So, uh, today I'm announcing a vaccine verification requirement for large events in the state of Washington. Effective November 15th, large events in Washington state will be, will be required to verify that their attendees are either fully vaccinated or have received a negative test within the previous 72 hours. This applies to attendees who are 12 and older. This applies to indoor events with a thousand or more attendees. And this will apply to outdoor events when there are more than 10,000 attendees. 
For now, this applies to ticketed or registered events that have defined entrances, like conventions, concerts, sporting events, fairs that have defined entrances, theme parks, and more. This does not cover large venues like shopping malls, museums, or grocery stores that are open to the public as part of their operations. Religious services are also will be exempt from this requirement as are K-12 school-related events that occur on school property. There will be several ways to verify vaccination status, beginning with the CDC vaccination record card or a photo of that card. A printed certificate or a screenshot on your phone from myirmobile.com works. Other official immunization records from health care providers can also be accepted. Confirmation of a negative COVID test in the last 72 hours can be done using the records provided by the test provider or laboratory. So this is yet another step in an ongoing battle with this disease. We believe it is a very important one. It can help incentivize people to decide to get vaccinated and avoid the headache of having to get a test. We believe it will be yet another effective of the measures that we have taken that have shown effect during this disease. And I think it is important to note the things we have done have benefited people and saved thousands of lives. Our state continues to have one of the lower death rates in the United States. We want to improve that situation uh, and we will continue to take these steps in this direction. Now we know that outdoor venues are safest, uh, but they still have some transmission risk. And that's why we've taken the steps that we have. We also know that more people are gathering at large events now than they have in the last year and a half. That's a good thing. But we need to continue this effort because not only of this variant, but there could be others down the road as well. Nearly half of the world's population, more than 3.7 billion people, have received at least one dose of one of these COVID uh, vaccines currently available. We know that these vaccines work, and that's why we're taking these measures. What a great speech. You don't have personal freedom in this state. You need to do what's best for everybody. And who decides that? Jay Inslee savior of all. So in more news from Seattle, the campaign manager for Seattle prosecutor candidate Nicole Thompson Kennedy, Ty Reed, uh, sent out a series of tweets over the last few days. And if you go to her Twitter account, Ty Eats the Rich, uh, she's now locked it down so that you have to be a friend of hers to read them. Of course, she doesn't have enough balls to uh, tweet this stuff and leave it up. She's got to try to hide it now. Anyway, we've talked about Nicole Thompson Kennedy's tweets about how much she hates cops and they're all serial, serial killers and that sort of thing. But these ones from her campaign manager seriously take the cake. This is in a report from Fox 13. Uh, Ty Reed wrote, and this was back in June of 2020, this bitch, 
Mayor Durkin, not the amazing journalist covering this story, is going to get her ass beat one day. Also in 2020 of October, Seattle police had tweeted about a shooting in the 8700 block of Seward Park. Her response to that, prayers the victim is a KKK cop, she wrote. Also in June of 2020, uh, in response to somebody, somebody else's tweet where they said Biden's speech this morning certainly doesn't go far enough in terms of systematic change on power, economic rights, justice, but given his ideological constraints, I think it was well done. Moral clarity on Trump's outrageous actions, unifying words, sometimes the theater matters. And Miss Reed's response to that was, Crystal, you know I love you, but no, the theater never fucking matters. All his pretty words aren't stopping the police from beating our asses, so the unity bullshit is wasted breath. Hopefully his last, suggesting that then-presidential candidate Joe Biden should die. She went on to turn her rage against then-Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best by calling her an Uncle Tom motherfucker benefiting off the suffering of black folks. The tweets were sent before Reed worked for Thomas Kennedy's campaign. However, statements of suggestive uh, uh, violence have continued even after she's gone to work for Thomas Kennedy, and certainly Thomas Kennedy knew about this and knows how she, you know, feels uh, emotionally about these, uh, these things, these things going on. In a picture posted to Nicole Thomas Kennedy's campaign Facebook page on September 16th, 2021, Reed is seen wearing a t-shirt depicting a burning Seattle Police Department SUV in the words, quote, this is a policy proposal, end quote. In the picture, she's uh, standing next to current city councilwoman Tammy Morales, who also endorses Thomas Kennedy's campaign. Now, on Wednesday, Q13, or Fox 13 asked uh, Kennedy to respond about her campaign manager's tweets, and all she said was she can speak for herself. She continued and said, I think that she's a black woman in America that has seen a lot of people that look like her being killed by police, and she was probably pretty angry about that. When the Fox 13 reporter attempted to press the issue, a staffer for Thomas Kennedy threatened to end the interview if the line of questioning was continued. So, again, you know, it's just cowardice. The woman makes these tweets. She won't stand behind them. She locks her Twitter account down so nobody else can see it now because it's gone public. And Thomas Kennedy won't answer questions, the hard questions about it, or she'll just walk away and not want to talk about it. Well, we're soon going to see how Seattle voters decide about this nut job and her campaign people, if they're going to get into office or not. And the city's already on the brink, and you've got hundreds of officers possibly losing their jobs come Monday. And the city police department is already at a stage three emergency, which is one step below calling in the National Guard. And you're going to put somebody like this in as prosecutor, somebody who is completely on her own, does not support the Democrats, does not support Republican policies. She's an abolitionist. 
an anarchist, and that's what she wants, and Seattle is nearly there. And if they, if they elect to put her into office, it will be anarchy. But as I've said before, they want chaos. From chaos comes control, and they want total control over you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Behind the Line podcast at BehindTheLinePodcast.com. If you liked this, I hope you will like, share, and subscribe to our channel. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook at BehindTheLineWA. You can find us on Twitter at BehindWA. You can also find us on Telegram and LinkedIn at BehindTheLine. And I'm on Rumble. Thanks again for listening, and I appreciate your support.